Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a Hamel packed show for you today. That's right, Kirk and I recorded our very own parody of an Alexander Hamilton song called It's Almost Time for Hamel Film, or hashtag Hamel Film. We're also going to be reviewing the brand new Netflix film Eurovision Song Contest starring Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And we are going to wrap up the show on a patriotic note doing our schoolyard pick of our favorite 4th of July things. Let's do it. for joining us on another fabulous, magnificent, wonderful episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. What a day it has been. What a very long day. It's been a day. So it's it's nearly midnight here. We are four minutes shy four of minutes July shy. 2nd. That's right. We're almost to July 2nd. Uh, Kirk and I have been at this since like, I don't know. Seven, seven, six, some, some at six, some yeah. at seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're running on low steam. So if we seem a little slap happy, little, little like feeling like wackadoodles, that's, <laughs> that's uh, because we just spent five hours working on a song parody. If you just hear us actually fall asleep on it's this recording. It's absolutely possible. That we don't want to edit out later. Yeah. I mean, that's all, all bets are on the table. Um, and my day started crazy. Can I tell you how my day started? Yes. Okay. I walk into my my son's room. This is what I do every day. If you follow me on Facebook, you already heard this story, but I am the getter upper of my two-year-old son because mm-hmm. we have an infant as well. And so my wife is usually feeding the, the baby Elliot. And so that puts me, I'm, I'm, I work with the dogs and I work with the two-year-old. That's my role. Okay. <laughs> so same normal day, walk into my two-year-old's room. I go, Hey bud, good morning. Did you have a good sleep? He says, you are not Captain America, right in my face. I was like, what? It's like, okay, that's fine. He goes, you are not Ant-Man. You are not Nebula. You are not Iron Man. You are not Spider-Man. I was like, okay, well, like, who am I? And, uh, he's like, well, you're daddy. I was like, okay, great. Who are you? Are you are you Ant Man? He's like, no, I'm Marshall. I was like, okay, never. <laughs> why'd you have to personally attack me? Check yourself. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I was actually feeling pretty good before I walked in here, like, and you just wrecked my whole life. What a great morning. Oh, thanks, son. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that reality check. Were you wearing your Captain America T-shirt when you walked? No, in? I am wearing a Captain America wow. T-shirt now. I, this is was this must have been a subconscious choice because he <laughs> told me that I wasn't Captain America. That I was like. I'll show him. I'll show <laughs> so that put little that Captain ungrateful. <laughs> yeah, man. I was just like, man, I, if if I was wanting to have a good day, that's a wrong way to start it. Just Dude, to be knocked off my high horse. Truth bombs. Yeah, just just hit me with truth. Oh. As uh, as Meryl Streep says in uh, August Osage County, some people are antagonized by the truth. Yes, so. yes. I started my day off quite productive. Um, oh, good. I uh, worked late last night, so I took the morning off, and I mowed my lawn Ooh. at like 9.30, got done at like 10.30 or 11, and yeah. then a torrential downpour I was going to say, came. did it storm? I finished probably 
15 minutes before just absolute chaos happened. You know what that means? That by this time, like by this time tomorrow, it's going to be just as long as it was before you cut it. How dare you? That's, that's, that's how it happens. You got, the, you, you got the roots exposed for the water. Oh. It's just going to soak all that up. Well, and then boom, I'm, it's going to pop. I'm just going to hire someone to burn my lawn. <laughs> Start <laughs> just, over. Yeah. You know what you should get is a goat. Oh. Or maybe a couple. <laughs> and they can just graze. You can put one in the front and one in the back. Like yeah. there, I, I, th- I believe there was a shark tank. Wasn't there a shark tank where a guy was like, hey, we'll have a goat. Oh. Come, You can rent our goats and put it in your front yard. To keep your grass down. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do remember that one. That was like early on in like season like three or something. And their pitch, you know? their pitch was like he sat there and talked. And while they were there, there was a goat yeah. just like eating tons of grass. Yeah. And then at the end, he was like, by the way, while I was just pitching you our business idea, <laughs> look how much grass Earl just consumed over here. He's just <laughs> killing it. I think that's great. I would own several goats if someone would come and take care of the goat. I just want. Yeah. I, I guess that's the business model, right? Yeah. He brings do you the have goat. to like milk him? I don't know. I can milk. You can milk <laughs> the bears. If you can milk a cat. <laughs> you can milk a goat. <laughs> I've got nip- nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't um, know. What? Maybe uh, if you... Uh, no. I, I'll i take a goat. I'll take anything. Honestly, I'm so close to hiring a lawn service, so I don't have to do it anymore. That'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, I think it's like 30 bucks every time they mow. Like, big whoop. 30 bucks a week? I think it's I a can ton. handle that. Um, but like at the same time, everybody's raising our rates and what is money anyway? You know, it's just a construct. It's just, it's nonsense. We don't need that. You can't take it with you. Let's I remember. just watched fight club the other day and it was all about, you know, consumerism and how like your job isn't your life. Your job isn't who you are. That's right. Or wait, was that the, was that the satire? Was that the part I wasn't supposed to? I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched it in many years. I don't know, but I'm just saying like we could just. It would take us. It would take a long time for them to like litigate against us if we just stop paying for things. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are there's a bill that I owe AT and T that they wrongfully are still charging me, and I haven't paid it. And they're like, "We're gonna send you to collections," and they have Bring it. Bring it on. It's like it's not even worth the time in your day. What is it like? No. Yeah. It's like thirty dollars. Like, yeah. move on. I had to have that conversation with Quest Diagnostics. Yeah. I was like, "Listen, I hate those guys." I was like, "Listen, they build it wrong." You can chase us down all you want, but let's be honest. This three hundred dollars means nothing Mm-mm. to your ginormous corporation. So leave me, leave the little people alone. That's right. Anyway, wow, what a tangent to start the episode. <sighs> but I just, ha- I thought you had to know the frame of mind that we were in after five hours of parody lyric writing. After no, let let me just say this timeline check. Last week we were texting. We were like, "Hey, I, I was freaking out. I was like, Hamill films coming." I feel like we're unprepared. You were like, don't worry about it, dog. I got all these videos cranking out. We're good. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think we need to do a song parody. You were like, I agree. We need to do a song parody. Let's start writing it. So we started writing it like last week. And moments after that text, you got the lyrics ready yeah. of the original lyrics and you shared it over to me and we just started typing and typing and typing. It was insanely fast. And then we hit like a wall, but then we came back to it. And I don't know how many yeah, hours and that, that wall is. has a name. And that name is Lin-Manuel Miranda, you <laughs> jerk. You are such a good lyricist and rhymer. I hate you for it. Yes. Because trying to parody that stuff is preposterous. We, we should have needed like a, a year to do that. He will rhyme like three words in the same line. I'm like, what? Who does that? You're only supposed to rhyme the end, dude. Like, get with the program. That's it. You can't rhyme every freaking other syllable. Did you go to school, Lin-Manuel? <laughs> yeah. 
Come on, dude. <laughs> anyway, Lemon so well tired. made us. He made us work for it, dude. He made us really work. We were, we were like fine tuning. We were changing like begin to start. I don't know. It got really weird. Um, so we'll be playing that for you a little later on in the show. In this show. In this show. So that's coming. Uh, so stick around for our parody. It's almost time for Hamill film. That's right. Um, but we've got some movie news. We've got a really fun movie review. Um, Eurovision. Eurovi- so the full title of this movie is Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Fire Saga. Which I was originally like, the story of saga, That those are like sort of similar words, but then I realized Fire Saga is the name of the group. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that. And then obviously this weekend we've got 4th of July. Um, hopefully you guys get some time off work for that, some time to chill. If you're, if you're social distancing, do it up. That's what we'll be doing. We'll be social distancing it up, um, but also eating bratwurst and, you know, hanging by the pool. That's how you do it in America. Um, so we'll, we'll have a 4th of July version of Schoolyard Pick, and it's really broad. It's just Schoolyard Pick of July 4th things. It could be anything. So we'll see what happens. Anything. So if you take something off my list, I'm going to be like, are you serious right now? Yeah, I'm going to be in a bad spot because I only have five items written down. <laughs> Somebody scrambling. I'm going to start thinking about what those five items could be and just start picking them off your list just to see the fear in your eyes. I'll just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's about that time. So, okay, let's get to it. We're going into what's popping. We might go a little bit of rapid fire because some of these like we don't really have to talk about that much. Oh, you're waiting to pop. Um, I apologize. That was rude. Finger in mouth. You just kept going. No, just do do what you need to do. Ew. Why would you make that noise? Well, now everyone has stopped listening. Glad you're, you know, now nobody's going to hear our parody. Listen. They will listen. Okay. Great job, Kirk. Good popping. Thank you. Okay. What's popping? First one, this one is huge, but unfortunately, we just don't have that much time to dig into it. Michael Keaton, Batman, again, in The Flash? Mm-hmm. So, Michael Keaton might be playing the Batman again in The Flash. And it would be his 1989 Batman, or at least that's what's being speculated. So, this one is huge. It's a developing story. It's still like early on in the process, but he's in talks. They're throwing out all kinds of concepts, like... Nick Fury. They're like, he could be like Nick Fury. They're like, he could be Thomas Wayne, which is uh, Bruce Wayne's dad, so Batman's dad. He could be, you know, all these different things. Um, but what you can do to catch up on that story is go to popcorn, the number four breakfast.com, or go to our YouTube page, or go to our Facebook page. Uh, made a nice little video for you guys to explain the implications of what it would mean to have Michael Keaton back in the DCEU. But Kirk, I want to get your thoughts. Um, I love anything Michael Keaton does. Yeah, I agree. Except probably Herbie fully loaded with Lindsay Lohan. Was but he in that? He was. Was he Herbie? He was the dad. Oh, okay. He was the dad of Lindsay Lohan who drove the car, who drove Herbie. Uh, I, but every, other, thing, other than that, I think he's fantastic. Um, I've grown and grown more in appreciation for everything he does because... I mean, he was Mr. Mom. He was in he Duplicity. Was. And then he He's was got range, dude. Batman and Birdman. And, and he played like this crazy serial killer in this, in this other movie, like about a duplex. He lived up. It's, it's, there's so many things that he's done. His, his range is out of this world. So I love watching him take on new stuff. And I will love to see whatever is planned with this, this Batman flashpoint thing that you spoke about so eloquently in your video. Yes. 
I know. I'm, I'm excited. I think, dude, you know what's really exciting? Not to get too in the weeds on this thing. Batman Beyond could be coming. It could be coming. This, this could be it. This could be it. We're halfway there, Kirk. Remember, mm-hmm. we said we want Batman Beyond. We want Michael Keaton as old Bruce Wayne. Now, we want Joseph Gordon-Lovett as, as Tracy or Terry. Sorry, Terry McGinnis. Mm-hmm. That probably won't happen. He might be a little too old for that role now. We need he like is. a high school age guy. I will settle, okay? I will settle for somebody else. I'm cool. I'm cool. Like, just, dude, if this is Batman Beyond. Did we oh did we talk about this in our very first episode? Too, yeah, I believe, we, I believe we did. Our first episode was Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Or, yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, he made his cameo uh-huh. in that one at the very end. Uh, coming out of jail, you know, like, yeah. or in, still in jail, talking about scheming and stuff. Yeah. And no, I felt, that was Homecoming, wasn't it? Was it Homecoming? Yeah, Homecoming does that. But we did talk about this in our first episode. Perfect. Yeah. So I just, and we're almost, this is like our one year anniversary. Just about, just about. We're like next week, six days away or something. Uh-huh. I I just love it. I love that it's it's still happening. The Full conversation circle. is still going. Time is a flat circle, <laughs> just like a true detective. And I hope that we can see this come to full fruition because then we'll brag about it forever. Yeah, I think the one thing that's really annoying me about this is, so this this feels like a really, this feels like momentum for DCEU, right? Like, this is happening. Um, they've got a couple of decent film franchises. Wonder Woman has all the hallmarks of being good for the foreseeable future. Shazam was pretty good. Um, they've got this Batman thing going on. But they keep saying that this The Batman trilogy with... Matt Reeves and his guys, Robert Pattinson, is not part of the DCEU. Don't play. But it is. But yeah, don't play, guys. We all know. I know that they're just protecting themselves. Yeah, in case it flops. They're just they're gonna backtrack it as soon as it's successful. Yeah, I mean if suicides if James Gunn's Suicide Squad is amazing, if if uh the Flash is amazing, I mean, come on, dude. They're you cannot tell me that they're gonna have a DC extended universe without Robert Pattinson Batman. There's no way. It's perfect. It's yeah. There's no way. So I wish they would just stop perpetrating. Mm-hmm. Okay. More DC news. So Ray Fisher. This was a weird story. Ray Fisher. He plays Cyborg in the Justice League movie. For those of you who have not seen that one, he came out. So he tweeted the other day that he he tweeted a clip of a video where he was at a Comic Con and said something to the effect of like. Uh, they brought in Joss, meaning Joss Whedon, to come into Justice League and sort of clean up when Zach had to leave for his family issues. Mm-hmm. And he, they picked a great guy for the project, whatever. And so he clipped that video and tweeted it out saying, I want to forcefully retract this statement. And then he elaborated on it further saying that like Joss Whedon was like bullying people and like created an environment where people didn't feel safe or comfortable and things like that which is just bizarro, just totally bizarre because he said that, um, the two, so the two, uh, producers who were also on that justice league project, um, he said that like he, them and Joss Whedon both like helped create this environment of like not feeling comfortable and not feeling safe. So John Berg and Jeff Johns are the names of the two producers. But what's funny is our next news story (laughs) is about, well, let's just jump into that. Let's go. Jason Momoa is going to be in Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> I'll repeat that for emphasis. Jason Momoa is going to be Frosty the Snowman, not just going to be in it. Live action. Live action, <laughs> which what does that even mean? 
Happy birthday. Oh, that's dude. what that means. Dude, I'm I'm definitely photoshopping this, just so you know. That's that's happening. Oh, please. But what's funny about that is those same two producers, John Berg and Jeff Johns, are producing this movie, which yeah. Jason Momoa, by the way, was Aquaman in Justice League. So he obviously didn't feel like there's something going on. So I don't know what to believe here. Right. So, yeah, was there, honestly, was there some sort of prejudice happening? Some could sort be. of racial tensions yeah, that, that could, could be. happening? Um, but it does seem odd that that there was that happened in the same day right <laughs> right that's yeah. pretty biz- bizarre yeah and i feel like we don't have all the info that's that's my main thing it's like i don't even want to like form an opinion on what ray fisher's saying because he like he obviously could be right yeah we just don't have all the info or did they just not get along yeah it is weird when like so i've never heard an ill word about joss whedon but that doesn't mean that he didn't do anything so i, I want more info and i'm sure there will be as 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 people like dive into this. Cause you know, the press is like, I'm sorry, what was that? What was this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. So the other story that I just piggybacked on there, Jason Momoa as a live action, frosty, the snowman. So does that mean that the people are real, but the, the snowman has to be CGI. I think they're just going to put him in a very fluffy suit <laughs> with the, with a little cutout for his face. They're going to make him look like the burl lives snowman from, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Uh, no, it has to be. He has to be completely in a in a, uh, a mocap suit with uh, complete CGI overlaid on him. Has to be. Yeah. There's no there's no other way that. Or maybe it's not even sense. him. Maybe he's just voicing it. I don't know. That's very true because you know we had the Lion King that was live action, <laughs> which which <laughs> technically was not because the Academy was like. Yeah, no, we're going to nominate it for animated feature. Nice try, though, because there's not one living thing in this movie, but thanks. Correct. So, yeah, I would, I, you know, when I think of this, I think of exactly like you said, the kids are real yeah, and the professor is real and the teacher is real. So then we get more of um, back to Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton and Jack Frost in the, in the 90s, which have you seen that movie? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, man, I love that movie so much. Isn't it Martin Short? Is uh, Jack Frost? No, it's it's Michael Keaton. Michael oh, Keaton. what am I thinking of? I don't oh, know. Oh, I'm thinking of the Santa Claus 3. Santa Claus 3, yeah. Martin Short plays. <laughs> oh, bro. Yeah, but Michael Keaton played Jack Frost in Jack Frost. I have Jack seen Frost. that movie, though, but I don't remember it at all. It's not great, but man, is it is it really exciting? Uh, there's snowball fights. There's Michael Keaton. There's, there's uh, it's just so amazing. It's, it's really great. Really nostalgic. Not a really great film, but go watch it anyway. You had me at Michael Keaton. Kirk. Exactly. <laughs> And that snowman looks like Michael Keaton. Yes, I remember. I remember it now. I remember it being kind of ahead of its time in the animation department. It still holds up most of those scenes. I feel like they had more animatronics than they did the CGI itself. Yeah, I mean, that stuff ages better. It, it just does. Like puppets and animatronics, they you always think they look goofy until you see the movie like 30 years later. And then you're like, hey, this actually looks better than a lot of the CG movies did. It does. I always go back to Jumanji because... Oh, ouch. man brutal but still like, i'll watch compare it. jumanji to jurassic park Ouch. And it's like yikes which um, they came out in like two years know, difference oh it's it's wild times can i just can i just lay down a scorching hot take while we're here i don't know i mean that's a little i sketchy. hate i hate frosty the snowman i know hate's a strong word i cannot stand it i can't there was during christmas time last year my son wanted me to read the frosty the snowman book all the time i don't like the song I don't like that he says happy birthday all the time. I think that's dumb as all can be. <laughs> and I don't like that he like dies and melts at the end. It's kind of hardcore. Right in Sally's arms. Yeah. 
if her name is Sally. And I also don't like the whole magician plot line. I mean, I know that's how he comes to life, but that is so lazy. That's weak. I don't like it. Um, I, I can't speak ill of Frosty because my son and my daughter will watch that on repeat oh, during Christmas time, like maybe eight times There in are a week. so many better Christmas animated films. There are, and they love them too, but man, do they love their Frosty. Oh, man. I don't like it. <laughs> I want somebody, I, if you're listening to this and you're like diehard Frosty for life, like injected into my veins, Frosty the Snowman, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want all the info. And if it's, if it's just nostalgia, I'm going to dismiss it because I want to know why it's actually good. We're going to set up a table that says, change my mind. <laughs> Frosty <laughs> is the worst. Yeah, Frosty is the worst. Change my mind. <laughs> Cam's going to sit at it for like 40 hours straight. I don't think anybody's coming to that table. They don't want the smoke. They're just going to applaud you as they walk by. They'll be like, listen, I don't have a good argument for it. It just (laughs) is. It is what it is. Anyway, I have no real interest in seeing Jason Momoa as Frosty or really anyone as Frosty for that matter. Not just him. But I hope he has his long hair. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Under that top hat. He'd look like Axl Rose. Or or he'd look like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Yes. Smoking a cigarette. That'd be pretty (laughs) sick. Okay, next one. This one. So they're making a Kurt Warner movie. Yes, they are. Kurt Warner is my guy. He is like my favorite athlete of all time. I grew up, greatest show on turf. I mean, it was everything. It was the only sport I liked was football early on. The Rams were like, good like good good whenever i was when i was younger and kurt warner was just the man the bob and weave the whole thing he's like total underdog story and so this movie is actually called american underdog the kurt warner story and we got some casting news from collider collider is reporting that zachary levi is is it levi levy oh gosh i think it's levi i think it's levi but now i question my existence i know we always do this i don't know why i even bring it up it's better to just be wrong than just Zachary L. Zach L. <laughs> He's going to be uh, playing Kurt Warner. At least that's what it's looking like. And they look very similar. I never would have thought that up in a No, I mean, years. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But I, then Collider put that side by side picture. And you're like, whoa. It's like, yeah, you it's nailed like it. It's like when people said Troy Aikman and Jay Z looked exactly alike. And I was like, that's impossible. And then I saw it and I was like, <laughs> whoa, now I can't unsee it. That's how this is. Yeah. And Zachary Levi is a pretty big guy, right? I remember him and Mrs. Maisel just looking like he was 10 feet tall. Yeah, he's super tall. He's always been super tall. Of course, he his like claim to fame, well, he was a Broadway guy. He was on that show Chuck for Chuck, a long time. Yeah. Um, and then be, and then he did several several different TV and uh-huh. TV movies and, and films. And, and then, then Shazam. And then Shazam, of course. Boom. And then Marvel's Miss Maisel. He's a big guy, and he beefed up legitimately, much like um, Henry Cavill for Superman. Yes. He beefed up legitimately for his role in Shazam. There's no prosthetics. It's all him. It's insane. So, yeah, seeing him uh, come in here as Kurt Warner, honestly, he might have to slim down a little bit, but then he can go on and, and just take the role. Yeah, I mean... I'm cautiously optimistic. I like him, and I lo- but I'm just worried about this movie because I want it so desperately to be good because I know that if it is good, because it has that sentimental value to me, that it could be like one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. So if they like remember the Titans, this thing, and make it just a bomb movie, this is this could be a movie that I put on like every night before I go to sleep type of deal. Do you remember the show? It was a Disney Channel original show called The Jersey. 
Yeah. Yeah, where they like had like one one kid's grandpa left this raggedy old jersey and when you put it on you would be uh, you would become that athlete. Yes, that's uh, right. In whatever situation they were in. At one point, they either once someone either was Kurt Warner on the St. Louis Rams or they went to the Super Bowl the same year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I can't remember, but man, I, that's, that's cool. That That is just stuck in my mind. And I just love, I, I love the nod to that. And I'm just a really big fan of Kurt Warner. He's, I, he's a man. He's I, the man. I didn't know all the ins and outs of football, still don't, but I just know that he is, he is just this wholesome and fantastic captain leader QB. So yeah, he's an all time leader. He like military level kind of leading uh, abilities. So it's going to be hopefully very good. I, I'm like, really want it to be good. Please be good. Um, okay. Then just some, some fun announcement news. We got new, new stuff coming our way. So the boys, everybody's been kind of waiting to see when some of these shows are going to start coming back, you know, things that were supposed to get released in July. Like, are they still getting released in July? Did production get delayed? Did post-production get delayed? What's going on? So The Boys, which season one was a smash hit. People loved it. I watched about half of it, and then, I don't know, I do this thing where I like watch half of a show, and then I fall off. and then mm-hmm. So I'll probably get back into that, but that's coming September 4th. But the bad news there, they're doing the weekly release thing, man. Nope. Yeah, they are. They're Mm-mm. they're uh, they're defending Jacobing us here. Wow, that was a terrible verb, but <laughs> that's what they're doing. Three episodes on September fourth to sort of quench the thirst of people, of the of of monstrous bingers like us who would watch the whole thing in one day, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna go week to week after that. And I say no. I disagree. Don't protect me from myself. Let let me be a ravenous moron. Like let me just eat junk food and sit on my couch until my eyes fall out. Like what's it to you, Amazon? What do you care? What's the logic? I I mean, I guess they think it attracts more people or builds more excitement. Honestly, it makes me forget what happened. Yes. Yes. Because when you look at a show that's, that's coming out on these streaming platforms today versus the early two thousands or even the nineties or anything before that, there's so many, they're able to put so many more plot lines in because they know you're just going to watch straight through. I agree. So, it, they're doing a disservice. I agree. And I also would say not only do you forget what happened, but you also, I kind of lose interest. Yes. I, I know that was happening with some HBO shows that were like shows that I really liked. I was just like, eh, I can't watch it all right now. I'll just wait till it's done. I did that with Barry where I was like watching season two week to week. And I was like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait until the whole thing is done. And then I'm going to binge it. All that, at once. That's not how our world works anymore. I mean, I remember as a kid, it's like, okay, Thursday night, ER is coming on. Let's go. Yeah. And then Friday night, you got all of T, the TGIF lineup. But that doesn't happen anymore no. because there are so many different options. We, we need, need to- it now. <laughs> that's right. We need it right now. We are like toddlers. We have to have the thing. Now. Please give us the thing or we will scream and cry. Yes. Only on Twitter, not, not <laughs> to your face. Where everyone screams yeah. and cries. Um. Okay, so the boys. Other one, Ozark. Ozark mm. is doing its final season. They we wondered are. we wondered if it would be the final season. So season four will be the final season of Ozark. Do you agree with that decision? I do. Okay. I, I do. Did you watch the season three? So I'm not I'm not fully caught up. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the, one of the ones that I fell off of. I just stopped in the middle of season three. Um like it. I actually love it. I yeah. think it's really good. Um, I don't agree with people saying it's as good as Breaking Bad. I, I disagree with that. Um, but, it, you know, I see where people are coming from. It is a very good show. 
I would say, yeah, the earlier the better to end stuff like that, man, because it just gets messy. They ended on such a high note at the end of season three okay. that the stakes are so high, but if you continue to increase the stakes, then it becomes silly, and then you jump at the shark. That's what Breaking Bad was... That's what they realized, too. They were like, well there are no higher stakes than where we're at. Mm -hmm. You know, like the craziest of crazy things have already happened. So let's just wrap this thing and go out on top. Yeah. Let's not be the walking dead. Right. Which like now apparently the walking dead is like good again, but they were like really bad for a while. They were very bad for a while. And then they decided we really have to work on the writing now that Andrew Lincoln is no longer in the show. Right. Right. And they're still waiting for their final episode to air because they didn't get all the CGI done before the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's oh one gosh. episode. It's just lingering out there. That's insane. But I fully agree with with how they're going to do it. I, I fully agree with it. That it's been um, I didn't realize this like shows like uh, back again. Also in the early 2000s before Breaking Bad did this season split the final season split like the Sopranos did this I had no idea mm -hmm, that they did mm -hmm. this uh, the, so we're, we're seeing this happen for uh, of course it happened with Breaking Bad it's happened with a dozen other shows I just can't think of them at this moment so it's gonna be seven episodes dropped seven episodes dropped with a break yeah yeah I mean I think that's probably the right way to do it I think that's better than a week to week release and then like a break in between yes. because then you get like this momentum and then you're like oh when's it going to come out? And then you get the rest of the story. Agreed. Me, I'll probably wait until both drop and then shoot all the way through. Yeah, I would do the same. Yeah. I would do the same. I, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I want, <laughs> I, like, I want to watch it all at one time. How hard is this to understand? Like, let's make this happen. <laughs> it's a better structure to do, to give more than one episode or th this garbage three episodes and then wait week to week. But uh, I think it's a good, it's a good idea based on where it ended to end in season four. Yeah, I remember I was in college when House of Cards Season 2 dropped, which was really like, House of Cards Season 1 is sort of the first thing that I can remember really binging. It was the first thing that I can remember being like, watching like six episodes in a row and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I remember when Season 2 came out, I think I watched it in like less than two days. And nice. it was 12 episodes. I was like, <laughs> this is absurd. But it was also like, this is fantastic. So great. Yep. Um, I want that back. I want that feeling back. Just don't don't take it away from me, Amazon. Don't take it away from me, Netflix. Don't protect me. I can handle it. Let us. <laughs> if we want to ruin our lives, <laughs> it's like in Parks and Rec with the Ponch Burger, and they're like serving five hundred and twelve ounce sodas, and they're yeah. like, "Listen, if people want to buy them." Ron Swanson says the thing about like if I want to bloat myself into to five hundred pounds and then die of a heart attack, like that's my choice. That's right, America. Come on, Netflix, get on board. All right, last bit. I really dig what Disney Plus is doing with their content strategy, how they're just like getting kind of weird with it. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, we had The Mandalorian. Here's The Mandalorian behind the scenes. Like, here's the making of The Mandalorian. It's a whole other show. And then they're like, yeah, stage shows, theater productions. Sure, we'll, we'll throw that on there. And now they're doing what sounds like a really cool project. Beyonce is releasing a visual album on Disney Plus, which sounds sick mm -hmm. i think i think donald glover slash childish gambino did a similar thing with um, guava island on amazon prime with oh. rihanna i didn't watch it but i think it was like a similar deal where it's like a movie album like one big long music video type thing that has to do with the uh, with the music that's going on i don't know okay so this is a this is a visual album it's coming out on july 31st it's called black is king 
And basically, in the press release, what they're saying is that it's going to tell stories about young kings and queens who don't have their crowns yet, sort of Simba Simba thing. There's there's deep Lion King ties in here because she was in Lion King, and I think it will even feature some of that music. But it's written by Beyonce, performed by Beyonce. Um, it's a lot about um, stories about black families and, and sort of like their plight and things that they've been through. So I think it's the perfect time for it. And... It's just it just makes me happy. It feels it feels feels so good to like see things actually happening this time around. You know, we've had so many we talked about it before. Like we've had issues in the past with race and things like that, but nothing really happened and there's so much happening now. Yeah. So it's it's nice to see like there's so much positive things. Uh-huh. Like there is there are some negative things happening too, but there are positive things that are happening where people are like putting their money where their mouth is and starting to help push things forward for change. So kudos to Disney plus for this. And I think Beyonce has always been doing this. I just remember, oh, yeah. you know, this is basically, I've seen performances of hers like this, like the, tra- what the trailer looks like for black is King. I've seen mm-hmm. performances of her on stage solo with all of her dancers and stuff. But this this is so cool to see captured in film and and the tie to the to the Lion King and, and the different countries that she actually went to and visited during all this. It's just so intricate, so well thought of, and 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 shows her pure activism to really bring awareness uh, to to the racial plight uh, of of black people. So I really think that this is going to be super positive for Disney. Yeah, and I want Disney to just keep like putting out weird formatted stuff like, like stuff that's not just traditional tv and movies like let's just do do it as yeah if, if you think people would like to watch it put it on your platform they're paying for it yeah so we'll see what happens that's all i got for what's popping that's all we got there it is so before we jump into eurovision i think it is time kirk i think the time has come to premiere our Song parody. It's I, almost time for Hamill film. So we record. We finished like a half an hour ago, and yes. I don't even remember that it happened. So it's probably like totally disjointed and terrible. I mean, I don't even know. Did I'm we just do it? Hit the button and see what happens. I Did think I it was dream all a dream. it? <laughs> um, yeah. So background. Hamill film. So this episode will drop on Thursday, July second. That means that we are less than twenty four hours away. From Hamill film, mm-hmm. whenever this episode drops, which is unbelievable. I cannot believe that it's here because everything has been pushed back. So for this to be pushed up is just so counterintuitive. And so it feels like a lie. It feels like they're going to be like, gotcha. <laughs> this is not a real thing. We just got your hopes up so we could ruin your life. Um, hopefully they don't do that. I would be eternally sad. Oh, no, they can't. But I mean, Disney Plus may break. I think it will. It, yeah. it may just shatter into a thousand pieces. The yeah. demand is going to be extraordinarily high. I have to imagine they got new subscribers for this. Oh, yeah. People who are only subscribing strictly to watch this once or twice or a hundred and then, and then ditch Disney Plus. Because there's think, people that don't need it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to help that it's on an observed national holiday. Uh-huh. So, like, the third is the national holiday for fourth this year because fourth is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, like, people are going to be off. So, they might run into the same thing when Disney Plus launched and everybody just went on, like, first thing in the morning. That might happen. Yeah. I'm going to be on at 2 a.m. I'm just telling you. It comes out at 2 a.m. in in the central time zone. So, it comes out 12 a.m. Pacific time. Mm -hmm. So, if you live in the East Coast, 
It's 3 a.m. If you live where we live in St. Louis, um, it's 2 a.m. And then 1 a.m. Mountain and then midnight. So I'll be up. I got nothing better to do. Uh, I told my wife, Aubrey, that I would wait to watch it with her. But I, I, I don't Boo. I don't know that I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be in a hotel room because I'm, I'm going down to visit my, my niece and nephew and sister and, and uh, brother-in-law. But I just don't know. I don't know that I can wait to be one of the last people to see it. Yes. It's going to be great. So Aubrey, we already know it's going to be great because we know we've heard the whole, we've heard the soundtrack. Exactly. We know what it is. This is my possible future apology for watching it while you sleep next to me. We don't have to know. She doesn't have to know. Okay. Just act surprised. (gasps) We edit that out. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Squirting water in my eyes to (laughs) to replicate the tears. Putting Vicks VapoRub underneath your eyelids so that you start crying. Uh, which that works. They do that in movies. Did you know that? Oh no, I've always seen the like the, they have this like little device that like puffs air into your eye, but I've never yeah, seen that the VIX. So that's the VIX, awesome. it it dries clear, uh-huh. you know, and it'll make your eyes water for quite a bit. That's so great. they can put it underneath your eyes, and it yeah, it, it makes you tear up. I know what I'm gonna do uh, for a video next week. <laughs> I'm <just laughs> yeah, gonna put that just under put my some eyes. Put under your eyes. Yeah, uh, your eyes may never be the same. I don't know. I don't know how much. <laughs> like I don't know what how much you're supposed to put on there or what. <laughs> Seems like it would burn though. Hi, you guys. put that stuff on your chest and it clears your sinuses. So it must. Kirk is blind now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we tried the Vix thing. It was a total bust. Sorry. Um. Anyway, let's all this. of that is to say, let's just play this song and please be nice to us if you hate it. Just don't say anything. Because we're not professional singers. Mm-mm. I mean, I am, but Kirk's not. Nope. And so we we're just gonna we're gonna play it, and we hope you enjoy our original song parody. It's almost time for Hamill film. How is a lyrical master, true rock and tour, future Oscar drop? In the middle of a forgotten spot in northern Manhattan, a prodigy and award-winning baller. Go on to be a national hope installer, a shot caller, superstar, and he's a father. Got a lot bigger by working with such vigor, by being a rhyme spitter, by being a wordsmither by 19. He wrote his first Tony Award winner, and every day he slaved, acting, creating, and writing away, till one day his magnum opus was thought up, an idea for our man, A.Ham, our brother who came in to help our country get started. Then the audiences came, tickets were aflame, Lin Man saw his future boom, boom, and twas insane, and soon a small theater just couldn't contain its fame, so we filmed the show one day to save for a related date. Well, the word got around, they said, we gotta see this thing, right? Took a pandemic just to bring it to the limelight. Get your popcorn ready, don't forget your Mike and Ikes, cause you know it's about that time. What's the time, man? Almost time for Hamill film. I said it's almost time for Hamill film. And there's a million things we have to watch But we just can't wait We just can't wait Quarter to twelve and this is it 
almost sick head spinning five years filming the making now it's finally unhidden half dead sitting in my hammer merch on a perch when the fanfare hits our ears we're gonna go berserk stream on disney plus and the plus is it's in your living room replay whenever you want it to it is up to you the text asking hey are you still watching this event you started rejoicing and cheering because this movie's heaven sent there ain't gonna be nothing left to do but watch it all day long dix jackson odom sue and john goldsberry singing your favorite songs and oh night go on ramos safest jones and the choir they blow us all away just one last time and then retire reaching for every tissue we get our hands on planning for the future see me now as i smash on a loud to replay heading for our refrain we'll watch it over and over again Watch it over and over again. We'll watch it over and over again. We'll watch it. Just you wait. It's almost time for Hamill film. We've been waiting all week for you. Waiting all week for you. We can't sleep now. There's no way we can wait all night. Almost time for Hamill film. Almost time for Hamill film. All of America's America screams Now they will understand the hype You'll be forever immortalized Now it's time to feast our eyes Oh, it's time to hit play now Time to crank the volume Don't click on Disney Plus until you use the bathroom We've waited many years for this We can't afford a slip up We fought for this we we sang for this we we paid for this we we love this and now corona can't take it from us there's a million things we have to watch we just can't wait what's the time man it's almost time for hamel film we did it we did it that's that's our that's our world premiere of hamill film it's almost time for hashtag hamill film is the name of that track we hope you love it if any of our listeners know lin-man miranda uh, lin-manuel miranda or any of the other cast that has been there please just let him listen to yeah, it sure i mean lin if you're listening i know you're a fan of the show um friend of the pop i hope you're i mean king of the pop maybe <laughs> i don't know can we give him a different title sure Best friend. Best friend of the pop. Ooh. Yes. He's he's the goat. I mean, he's the best. I love that. And so here's what I will say about that song parody. It took us an enormous amount of time. Mm-hmm. It took so much effort. Yeah. I know it probably doesn't sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> it took so much time. It's like it's like a high school video project. <laughs> Just like all I can remember is pulling all nighters for that crap, getting the film editing yeah. software. I don't know. I think um, I think that was recorded within seventy six takes, if Easily. I remember yeah. correctly. So here's something: just want to put this in the time capsule, and I want to make sure we get it on the record because something is going to happen next year when In the Heights comes out. I'm going to ask you to help me write a parody for the opening number of In the Heights, mm-hmm. and I need you to punch me in the face if I do, <laughs> please. I'm just putting that on there. This is my verbal consent. Kirk Doolin may punch me in the face if I ask him to parody in the Heights because I cannot. We can parody anything else that's not Lin-Manuel Miranda, 
the dude is a freak of nature with lyrics. Yeah. And he wrote Hamilton over like 11 years. Yeah. So, no. no like, never again. I, I can't. He's too good. He's too good. Well, prepare yourself, because I know that you will succumb to I will. The, no, I will. Uh, the, the the appetite, the... Uh, and it, you're just going to have a drive to write something. I know. I'm going to. And I'm going to punch you somewhere you in are. your nose. You should start, like, you should start, like, doing 100 push-ups a day. And that way it hurts oh. me so bad that I'm like, wow, never again. I'm going to get a punching bag and a trainer. Yeah. And please, I'm going to waste. It's for, the, it's for the best, man. It really is. Because I, I can't do that again. That was my heart. At one point I deleted, somehow, deleted a piece of the song and I wanted to die. Yeah. that was. It was the saddest I felt in my entire life, actually. That was a low point. It was so low. And it was like 1030 and I was like, I can't. I can't, Kirk. I can't do it. And then we found the strength yes. to push through. Because we knew that our listeners would want to hear it. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't think we knew that. I knew we wanted to do it. Let's hope. Um, they're gonna they're gonna love it. I I just wanna hear all of the nice things you guys have to say after you listen to it. And we look forward to listening <laughs> to those sweet, sweet terms of endearment about how awesome singers we are. Yes. And song editors and parody writers thank you i can't stress enough how how little tolerance kirk and i have for constructive criticism yeah don't we just we'll cry we'll just we will we're weak we're weak people we'll go into hiding it's true so i mean (laughs) it's it's out there if you want it but just please don't okay um that's enough of that but that's it's almost time for hamill film i don't know should we be on spotify i think we're recording artists now should we should we be on what is it Apple Music? Yeah, I mean we're out there now. Yeah, so um, we're we're basically Weird Al, like, that, like the, now. Yeah, because we just wrote one parody. Well, we did the Frozen Two parody. We did, which was like half the length of that, maybe even less. It was not even the full song. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want us to write something, you'll have to talk to our agent first. Yes. But we'll, we'll try. We'll try Ryan, to work things out. Ryan's our agent. That's right. Um, okay. Let's move into this movie, which is just as ridiculous as our parody, maybe even more so. Mm. This movie is called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. I have to re-look at it every single time, so I'm impressed that you remember the full title. I So let me tell you this. You may find this hard to believe. I watched this movie twice. Whoa! I watched it twice. Okay. And I'll, and I'll explain why I watched it twice later. But I did. I watched it twice, so I feel like I have a good grasp on it. Well done. Would you like me to synopsis with that in mind? Please do. Okay, so you're yawning. I'm so tired. You're a real professional, Kirk. I am normally like this self-proclaimed, like, I'm a night owl. I can stay up all night. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm so tired. Well, it shows. (laughs) It hears. I can hear you because you yawned. Yeah. Okay, synopsis for Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. Try to follow me on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are in an Icelandic pop duo, singing-songwriting duo, who are trying to make it into the Eurovision Song Contest, which is a real contest, by the way. It's a real thing. And it basically how it works and how it has worked for decades is that each country gets... It's kind of like the Olympics each country gets somebody to represent them. So you compete at like the country level and you submit a song and then whichever song is the best at the country level goes on to the Eurovision Song Contest and then whichever country comes out of that has the best song in all of Europe. 
So that's what Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are trying to do. There's only one problem. They are kind of a total mess. Like Will Ferrell is like not that great of a singer and they're very clumsy and they can't get organized. And so as you can probably imagine, lots of antics take place and I'm not going to spoil the movie. So I'm going to stop right there. Mm -hmm. But that's basically the synopsis is just them trying to get to this contest and hopefully win. That's it. All right. It's very simple. Let's jump into superlatives. I'll go first. And the Oscar goes to Miss Rachel McAdams. This was such weird casting to me. So when I saw the billing, I was like, this is odd. Because I don't ever think of Rachel McAdams in like a comedic setting. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm blanking. Like, I'm sure she's been in that field before. Can you think of a movie where Rachel McAdams was like supposed to be really funny? Uh, no, I can think of, you know, okay, so she's in Mean Girls, obviously, and yes. she's, but she really is the straight man in that, I in think that so movie, because she's the villain, so right. I don't see anything like slapstick or vaudevillian about her, but yeah, it was, a, it was definitely an interesting yeah. selection casting. <laughs> she was just kind of in a different league than almost everybody in this film. It's the first Will Ferrell movie I can remember ever seeing where he just wasn't the center of attention, and I think... Some of that was by design, but some of that was just because Rachel McAdams was doing a really good job. She um, plays Secret, who is um, the singer in the duo, like one of the singers in the duo. She has like an amazing, incredible voice, which, by the way, was not Rachel McAdams' voice. It was some Icelandic singer who her voice is amazing. It's Mm -hmm. so good. And Secret's kind of shy. She like didn't know how to talk when she was young. And Rachel McAdams is really funny and just very... Her character feels very genuine and like her character is supposed to have a lot of heart and that feels very genuine. Um, so I think in a, in a cast of misfits, she sort of stands above the rest and, and drives home. A lot of the like good feels in this movie come from Rachel McAdams. I think she gave a really good performance. Yeah. I also selected Rachel McAdams. Uh, it was, and I just looked through her whole filmography and I found that she was also in this, this silly film called the hot chick. And I think she was the hot chick that, um, what's that guy's name? Oh gosh. Uh, one of the happy Madison people, he, he became her through this crazy voodoo oh, gotcha, spell. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but she, the way she takes on this role is she, she commits to it so heavily <laughs> She goes into every line with complete sincerity, and that is is so um, endearing to watch. You, you see her with these like puppy dog puppy dog eyes for Will Ferrell, and you're like, "What in the world is going on?" I know, with you? I know. Like because of all the makeup that he has on and the crazy hair and his and his old mentality, you're just like, "What?" And but you love it, you own it. She owns it. You you believe that she loves him with all of her heart, the character, and there's not a moment that she is not devoted to this character. And that is why she wins for me too. Yeah. It's, it's a good call out. Like it's like, she didn't know she was in a comedy and that's what (laughs) made her funny in a way. Like, it was almost like too real to the point that it was goofy. I don't know. And I'll say, you know, so we've seen her play uh, the, the straight man and other things. So mean girls and, but she's not playing the straight man in this. She is, she's got some real big guffaws of, of laughter yes. in here. And so I loved it. Yep. Good call out. Um, okay. Scene stealer. This was a runaway for me. It was Dan Stevens. Mm-hmm. It was Dan Stevens. He played Alexander Limtov, who is, this ridiculous singer from Russia with this crazy 
operatic low voice. Uh, he sings this song called Lion of Love. And it actually wasn't Dan Stevens' voice because of coronavirus. We know Dan Stevens can sing um, Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. for instance. Uh, he was the beast. And so it, it wasn't his voice, but it sounded a lot like him, and it worked It worked really well. He was acting overtime in this movie. It was absolutely hysterical. Like He had this ridiculous accent, and he, w- <laughs> he would use just the accent to be funny. It, like he had certain lines where the lines themselves weren't funny, but like the way he would say unique, like something like that <laughs> yes. was just hilarious and got me rolling. He was really the only character who was driving consistent laughs for me in this movie. Like if he was on screen, I was probably somewhat laughing at like a laugh every two minutes or something like that, just because he was doing something stupid, even if he wasn't the focal point and he steals the show. I mean, he, if he had a bigger role, I could have made him best actor just because he owned his role so hard. But um, he's sort of in a more supporting role, and and he's he's great. He adds a lot to the movie. So Dan Stevens for the win. Well, uh, again, we never um, show each other our wins. Yeah. I also picked Dan Stevens. Yeah, I mean it has to be though. I think we yeah like th- those two picks are the obvious ones. If you guys see the movie, there's like two other picks, but this one he he takes the he takes the scene every time. Yeah. He is he is just phenomenal. Um, Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey fame, of mm-hmm. course, and he's just been uh, just skyrocketing to success after that too. Even though he. Left that show too soon, so I'm still a little bitter about it, but whatever. He also comes in with this complete sincerity to his character that when he's when he ever he's in a scene, and he has a lot of scenes with Rachel McAdams, and they're both just like these su- such bizarre people with two completely different accents, and they never <laughs> falter. It's like, how are you doing this? Yeah. It's so impressive. Um, my wife and I, we watch a lot of 90 Day Fiance, it's it's the show on TLC. It's this train wreck television reality show where people are finding love in other countries and then they're trying to get their, their visa and they have 90 days to marry them once they come to America. It's fascinating. And one of them was in Russia and one of them uh, was, was in, not Iceland, but by Siberia. So I lo- it looked like I was watching two characters of real people that I saw it as like, wait, did they study the season of 90 day fiance that I just watched because their mannerisms down to the very word you just mentioned unique. And he says it, how unique. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Those, those just, um, those, those micro, um, uh, choices that they make were just, just blew me away. So I I can't (laughs) say enough about either one of them, but Dan Stevens, you you just can't look away from him. Yeah. I laugh just thinking about that character. It's, it's hilarious. Um, Okay, let's jump into Showstopper. Mm-hmm. I th- dude, I think we're going to be similar across the board here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, my Showstopper is the music. I thought it's it's super poppy. If you are going into this wanting a pitch perfect esque movie, this delivers and then some. I think there's t- there's a lot more music than I anticipated. It's all hyper poppy. It's all overproduced. It's ear candy. You know, it's designed for people to like it. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that provides most of the energy in this movie. I think this movie would feel really flat if they took out a lot of the musical numbers or even cut it in half. I mean, we've certainly seen movies that have a musical um, plot line with less musical numbers than this movie had. So I think it was a good call for them to include as many as they did even 
like we hear the one song double trouble like six times in the movie but it's still like you want to hear it every time it comes on so for me it's the music and that's a key to any film that's going to have a central song in it that's part of a contest or part of the growing of a band like that thing you do that song rocks oh man so great so the yeah they they nailed it with with this the two like lead songs that they had um, I also picked music yep, for, I figured. <laughs> for mine. It's so good. Uh, I love pop music anyway. Yep. So hearing all the, the, the different um, uh, different uh, countries sing them in the different languages, um, down to the different vibes. So sometimes you had hyper pop, but then you also had like, um, what would you call it? Like a bar, uh, like bar music where it's just like a piano. They had this guy, yeah. real life musicians from the Eurovision contest were like strewn throughout this entire film. And you're like, I bet that's a real person. I bet that's a real person Uh and they were so i think that's the magic of this movie that they took real artists that are part of this contest and this contest legacy and i i want the album i just want the album because yeah you can listen to it on spotify i pulled it up um to listen to the the song that rachel mcadams character sings um because i really like it Mm -hmm. Uh, it was funny i saw somebody tweeted it was like clipped in a buzzfeed article that that song like how did eurovision have a song that was on par with let it go and the shallows like it needs to be immortalized with those two great film songs and it's honestly kind of true like some of those songs are what the kids would call bops mm. these days. And bops. some of those songs are bops. So mm. enjoy it. If you like pop music, great. And if you don't like pop music, steer far away from this because <laughs> you'll probably hate it. Yes. Um, okay. Let's go to director's shoes. I got lots of notes for this movie. It's a bit of a mess. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> the middle section of this movie totally loses its footing. They, You start scrolling your phone because you're just like, I don't even know why we're doing this. There are some like, like another note is that in a comedy, certain jokes that are supposed to be running jokes throughout the film have to be hit a certain number of times in order for it to reach peak funniness. And they came short of that multiple times. Like they would do the same joke twice, which is a weird number of times to do in a two hour movie. And so the second time it like wasn't really that funny. You're like, Oh yeah, it's that same joke again. They needed to do it like, three, four, sometimes five times in order for it to stick. And so they were really, they left, in my opinion, tons of massive laughs on the table. I didn't think this movie was riotously funny. I thought it was one where every once in a while you get a huge laugh. (laughs) Like you get one that really gets you or, you know, you smile a lot through it, but you don't really laugh hard. But I wouldn't call it a traditional Will Ferrell comedy. Like it's not Talladega Nights. It's not Anchorman. You're not just like gut busting laughter throughout. It's, it's really more different than a traditional comedy and what you would expect going into a comedy. So, um, too long movies, too long. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I thought Will Ferrell's character was pretty odd and like hard to like, um, which his character's, in his more recent comedies are, are oddballs. Like I think of like blades of glory is one that this movie really felt like in a lot of ways. And I just, I thought that this character, I never really came around on it. I was never like, okay, I I want that guy to be, to succeed. I just Mm -hmm. like didn't really care. I was indifferent. So those are my notes. Yeah. I thought the beginning of this film, it built the, um, the suspension of disbelief with the absurdity so well, like it hit the ground running and I loved everything it was introducing to us and everything that it was layering up. It felt 
honestly, again, like a Happy Madison production, it felt like, wow, this is going to be great. The the jokes that you're talking about in comedy, at least in, in the theatrical setting, there's always the rule of three. You, you hit it th- at least three times, so you're spot on with that. It's it's that, yeah, they, they dropped a lot of them, or they even overdid it. They, they yeah, got, some of them they did. Some right. of they did like eight times. I was like, hey, we did, we did this, we did this, back it up, back it up. So I thought there were such better opportunities to land those jokes in different ways for the that little trifecta that would have made it really important. And then when the one that they did like eight times, they never finished it. They the, like the biggest running joke. They never gave us any sort of closure, uh-huh. and they had such a good opportunity that okay, I'll, I'll I digress. <laughs> um, so, but for a weird for for such a weird movie, such an absurd movie, the storylines get too too weird. Plot lines get dropped. Stakes that were high for characters get dropped like they didn't matter and then over, just like shuffled to the side and they just move on, which when you think back to like the, the golden Adam Sandler, Happy mm-hmm. Madison films, mm-hmm. you're like all of the all of the rules of that world, they, they follow throughout from beginning to end. And those rules got broken. Once they set them, they just changed them because they just wanted to a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with a lot of that. Um overall so we'll we'll skip to the to the end and our overall thoughts and we'll score this movie i think this movie is really straightforward um just in general i think that's why we're aligned on so many things there's just there's really no room for interpretation and i think the vast majority of people who see it are gonna have pretty similar failings about who's good what parts you like what parts you don't like you know it's it's really pretty cut and dry i don't think this movie is interpreted what i when i was thinking about this movie and thinking about how to score it, because I was filling out my intense rubric, <laughs> and you know the score was coming in low, and I was like, this is so interesting, because I've recommended this movie to people this week, just because, so the reason I watched it twice is because I watched it, and then I was like, you know, I think my wife would really enjoy this. It seems like something that she would enjoy. And then I even like texted people and was like, hey, this, this feels like a movie that you would enjoy, or like it's something, it's good to watch in the middle of the week. This movie, so what I finally landed on is like, this movie is junk food. This movie is the equivalent mm. of junk food. Like, you like to watch it because it has poppy music and you get to you get a few smiles and laughs, but it really has no substance. It really has no value to it, and it's it's not going to have. I don't think it has staying power. I don't think this movie is going to be remembered. I don't think. I mean, I think people will remember a couple of the songs, and that'll be kind of all she wrote for this film. It's it's definitely not some great comedy and it definitely had an identity crisis where it couldn't decide if it wanted to be like a really heartfelt film or like a really funny film and that tug of war is what sort of tore this movie apart in a lot of ways so while I while I would watch it a couple more times for the music and just to like have on his background noise I don't think this movie is especially fantastic I'm going with a flat 6.0 out of 10 I think if you're in for something that's easy on the eyes, something that will give you a couple catchy tunes to keep in your head and, and, a, and a couple of cheap laughs, like this is the place to go. Outside of that, I don't think this is particularly spectacular, even though I did enjoy it. I wanted to know what the budget of this film was because it is gorgeous for a comedy. Really well produced. Uh, yeah. Like It's not like an indie um, comedy that you're like, well, that was that was, had some really interesting shots, like an like indie shots, you know, like it had giant production value, and not only that, it's not it didn't just look like a blockbuster. It looked like 
a film that took its time with the cinematography and even on those parts where I was just kind of like, ah, you know, scrolling my phone, I was like, this is still beautiful and I couldn't look away because of yeah. that. So the, it, it's such an interesting movie. Um, I wanted to give it more, but but it just it comes down to those, those losses in the middle. Um, I wrote down 6.0 kernels Holy crap. exactly as you wrote Holy cow. because the, 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 it's mesmerizing. It is junk food. That's what draws you to it. And you, and you, you just want to watch it a couple more times just to see maybe does it, will it grow on you enough and maybe it will. Uh, maybe I'll watch it a couple more times. Yeah. Um, future suggestion. Let's just, um, let's just fuse into the same person and we can just have a conversation with our one person. Cause we just did, we both just gave the exact same review of this movie. It was like, yeah. here, I'll say something. And then you say the same thing and we just trade back. It's, it's crazy. But I mean, I yeah. really do think that that's just a product of this movie. I really think that, you know, we've had similar scores before, but we always have different thoughts in this movie. I just don't feel like there's room for different thoughts. It's, it just, it is what it is. It's not even because it's late, 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 late. It's 1am now. Um, uh, It's, it's really just, it is what it is. Yep. So, but there's nothing wrong with that with with this film. Now, some some other ones, um, if I had paid money to see it in theaters, I think I would be like, (sighs) yeah, I'd like that back. Right. You know, like, that wasn't the best use of $15. You would have had the, man, I wish I would have waited four months for it to be released to some kind of streaming network. And <laughs> yeah, and I could just watch it for $2 or for free or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think for watching on Netflix, I was like, eh, it was pretty enjoyable. Golden. I got, I got a couple of laughs out of it. It was nice. And I'll, I'll do it again. I'll watch it again, whatever. And I'll play the album. Yeah, absolutely. So Eurovision, that's Eurovision Song Contest. Check it out. Um, it's definitely a crowd pleaser. I, I think, you know, I... I thought it was interesting. I didn't, I feel like I didn't know a ton about this movie. I, I didn't know really much of anything about this movie heading into it, but I saw so many people or articles about it, like tweeting about it. And I tried to ignore all that as much as possible because mm-hmm. I, I want to keep everything out. But everything that I saw just skimming my Twitter timeline was pretty favorable. So I'd be interested to see like what the masses feel about this movie. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will be something that's remembered if people just really love it. So the only thing I knew about this movie going into it was the teaser trailer dropped a long time ago. I didn't, I for, I did not know that Pierce Brosnan was going to be such nope. a big um, influence on it. Sorry, Cam. Um, I didn't know that Demi Lovato was going to be in this. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that Dan Stevens was going to be in this. So those were all like happy surprises as they came about. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, that's Eurovision Song Contest. Check that one out on Netflix, which most people have, so it should be a really easy watch for you. Um, All right, let's wrap the show on a patriotic note. We got the 4th of July coming up. Let's do our squeeard pick of 4th of July stuff or things. Stuff. Stuff. You're up, Kirk. You're first. Yep. Oh, well, then I can take things that you won't take from me. I know. I'm not happy about it. Um, So sometimes this thing that I'm going to talk about gets made several times throughout the year, but it Mm. really gets busted out for July 4th. It's the red, white, and blue cake. You (laughs) son of a... Go ahead, Kirk. It's... I don't even know what's in it. I know there's like whipped cream. I know there's strawberries. It's literally all it is. Angel food cake. And blueberries. Blueberries, strawberries, whipped cream. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, Your mom made it forever. I know know Afton has made it. I know Aubrey has made it. And it is delicious. It's amazing. It's so good. So that's that's top of my list when I think... As soon as I think of July 4th, it's red, white, and blue cake. Yes. 
Man, that hurts. That was at the top of my list. Boom. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'm going to take Bratwurst. I love Bratwurst. I I remember being a kid and like eating hot dogs on a regular basis and then seeing people eat Bratwurst and be like, that looks disgusting because my, um, so my grandpa on my mom's side is from Lithuania. So he's like first generation and they have all kinds of crazy sausages and potato meals and stuff like that. And the Bratwurst just looks sort of really similar to that. And I was not a fan of any of the Lithuanian stuff. So mm. I was like, want nothing to do with that. But then one day I went to a baseball game and they were out of hot dogs and I think I was with my, I think I was with my uncle Keith, oddly, because um, he, he, I don't know, just happenstance, and he was like, "Oh, you should get a brat. It's very similar." And I tried it, and I was like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> and so now it's my preferred, it's my preferred barbecue food. If I'm gonna eat something, I would rather it be a brat than anything else. Yeah. And uh, Fourth of July is all about grilling, so hit me with a bratwurst, man. That's it's true. Delicious. Excellent choice. Um, I'm going to go with my number two spot for sparklers. Oh, you like the sparklers? I do like the sparklers. Okay. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of uh, of setting fireworks off like in the backyard yeah. or the front yard. You know, those ones that shouldn't go into the sky unless you're like a licensed professional. <laughs> so, but I love sparklers because kids can do them. You know, you can, you just write, true. write your name into the sky and uh, it's just really fun. I think it's... You can light like 30 of those things and still be having a good time. Yeah, you can do it for the gram. Big sparklers oh, the on gram. Instagram is a huge deal. You'll mm. see a thousand. If you have Instagram, you'll see five billion sparkler posts. Over people, the next couple of days. People yeah. boomeranging themselves. Spark. I mean, we've all done this. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's great. It's great for the gram. Sparklers. Classic. My second pick, and this is going to hurt this year more than most, it's baseball. Yeah. Man, I love love watching baseball on the 4th of July. Um, my my mother-in-law, Marsha, her birthday is July 3rd. That's and, right. And and my in-laws, um, before Jackie and I were married, had season tickets to the Cardinals, and we a lot of times found ourselves at Bush Stadium on July 3rd or July 4th, and they would do the flyover with the B-52 stealth bombers. They would have the eagle flying around the park. There's just, you know, bratwurst in hand, Beer in the other hand, just like America, <laughs> you know, watching a baseball game and saying baseball Louis. beer brought. I mean, just it's so cool. B fifty two and the, yeah, and the uh, the uh, the hats they wear have like the American flag built into the logo, which is pretty slick. Uh-huh. I love it. I Bucket love hat. All the bees, man. All the bees. Lots of plosives. Going I love on that. Um, I love watching baseball on Fourth of July. I hate that I can't do it this year. I hate it. Screw you, Rona. Once again, you are the worst. Will it ever end? No, it won't. Because people won't wear masks and stuff. Wear your masks. Wear it. Jeez. It's really not hard, guys. Even, even, here's my thing about the mask thing. This is what I, this is my favorite argument with the mask thing. Let's say it is a hoax, right? Mm-hmm. Would you, would you still want to risk it? You know what I mean? Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> I heard a guy, a, uh, a couple, like earlier on, a couple months ago, he said, yeah, I don't want to wear a mask. I want to go sit in a restaurant and go to the movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> don't like, we all? He would rather go and uh, you know go to the movie theater and risk his life and go, <laughs> instead of it's and die versus wearing a mask and waiting a couple more months. That's the thing is like, so if your argument is this is a hoax, it's like 
if somebody held a revolver to my head and said, there's a 90% chance that this thing has nothing in it, I would still be like, get that away from me. Yes. Because I don't want the 10% chance. Whatever I can do to protect myself from that, I'm going to do it. It's Russian roulette. So I don't understand that argument. Yeah. I just don't. I'll tell you, I know people very close to me that have actually had the virus. it's It's very real. It's real. It's please make believe. Please, please wear your masks. And that's not a political statement. Sorry, it's not. It's not. It's just a just a, a global health statement. It's, it's a global health and hygiene statement. Okay. Yes. Wash your hands. Number three for me. Oh pool my God, time. I thought it was my turn. It's pool. <laughs> pool. <laughs> your parents have the most epic pool. Um, it's like 10 feet deep on yeah, one the end. Deep end. I will say they don't make deep ends like that anymore, man. No, it's hardcore. It's too expensive to make a pool like that anymore yeah. because this thing was built in like the seventies uh-huh. and it's just been rocking it ever since you go down there, your ears pop. That's right. Yeah. It's amazing. It's kind of cool. I, I will say that I'm, I'm hit or miss on pool time sometimes. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time it's because I am such a baby about the pool water temperature mm-hmm. always have been so um if it's if it's not like pretty warm you know from the heat of the outside i'm, I'm gonna take a pass but usually july 4th god graces us with a wonderful 70 degree pool and yes. I'm, I'm all in yeah i would say um I'm on the opposite of that spectrum with the pool water. I mean, I'm not always feeling the pool vibe, but that's just because of the, I'm lazy and the effort <laughs> that goes with the, you know, you can't go to the bathroom whenever you want. I mean, you can if you're disgusting. <laughs> you can't go to the bathroom whenever you want. You have to dry off. I, I can't stand it. So uh, sometimes I'm just like, ah, not worth it. I'll just, I'll pass. But um, yeah, I mean, I was a spoiled rotten kid who had a pool from age 11 onward. And I will swim in any temperature. I, I grew up being like, what day is it? March 13th. You just took the cover off the water screen. There's dead things in it. Let's go. You know, like I was all over it. Um, so I'll take any, any temperature of water. Bravo. You're a better man than I. I don't care. My wife is like, no, if it doesn't feel like I'm walking into a bath, if the water temperature is not hotter than the temperature outside of the pool, she's not getting it. That's how I feel. That's how I feel she is. So yeah. you, you guys are peas in a pod. Um, okay, so I'm on number three, and you've so far you've stolen pool time from me, and also red, white, and blue cake. I have. You know, you you threatened me earlier on with. Well, you're I like, didn't I'm gonna take know that stuff. you were going first. And I I destroyed you first. I would have wrecked your list if I had gone first. <laughs> I would have had nothing. Yeah, you'd be done. You'd be done for. Um. Okay, this is an odd one. I'm just going to take it. You're, because I mean, there's no way you would ever take it, but I'm just going to take it. A lot of times they release a Captain America comic mm. on 4th of July or like the, that week, which actually today was new comic book day and I didn't oh. check. Crap. But it's kind of fun to like get a Captain America comic. Sometimes it's like an annual, so it's just a one-shot type deal and read Captain America who, you know, he's Captain America. So I not like you, but yeah, yeah, not me. I'm definitely not Captain America, at least according to my son. So, um, I like to live vicariously through Captain America by reading a comic book about him. That's awesome. So. I didn't know they, maybe I did, but I've forgotten. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty nifty. I like, I like to have a little new Captain America under my belt on the 4th of July. feels right. Yeah. It's a smart way to keep Captain America's legacy going too. Yes. So awesome. My number four. Yes. I really like to grill. 
Oh, you like to grill? I do like to grill. Um, I don't often get the opportunity because your dad's going to be the grill master. Grill master. His house, his grill. He's the grill master, you know? Yes. Um, but I'll sit out there and chat with him while he grills. Uh, I really love, I've had some opportunities um, this year, even despite uh, COVID, with small, 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 small get togethers to grill for people. And I love it. Uh, I've grilled for my family of four, grilled for a group of less than 10, and I want to keep doing it because I love doing it. I grilled your brats. You did? I burnt them to a crisp on round one. You didn't eat those. I threw them in the trash. Oh, I was like, I don't even remember that. Exactly. And then round two, uh, how did it taste? Delicious. Okay, good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm going to become a grill master. Best ever. Um, okay, good one. Good choice. My number four, I'm going to go with, this is another weird one. I'm getting a little weird because it's late. Sunglasses. You can, you, so 4th of July is one of the longer days of the year. You know, right around this time of the year is where the day, the daylight gets really long. And on a 4th of July where you have nothing going on besides like whatever your family obligation is that day, you can just wear sunglasses all day long. And that's my favorite state of mind. We took a vacation to Hawaii a couple of years ago. And it stays. It stayed light there all the time for the pretty much. And you could wear sunglasses everywhere, and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. You just look better with sunglasses on. Everybody does. Yeah, it frames your face literally. Yeah. yeah, it's it's cool, and I love it. That's my preferred state of being. If I could wear sunglasses all the time, I would. I want to. But go if you wear sunglasses inside, people think you're an absolute jerk. Jerk or about to rob them. Or oh, that know. that too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, why are you hiding your face? Uh-huh. Although now with masks, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I will say that I've always been intrigued by how Alaska has the 30 days uh, of night and yeah. 30 days of sunlight. And I really want to go because I've, I love the movie The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. And they, they play on that a little bit uh, uh-huh. while they're out there. And they I just want to go and experience it because I think I'd have a really good time. Yeah, so Jackie and I went to Alaska on our honeymoon, mm-hmm. Alaskan cruise, and it was the middle of summer. So June 20th is our anniversary and we went to Alaska the week following, and it would stay light until midnight. That was sunset. And then 4 a.m., the sun would come back up. So I was the, like, this is insane. I would love that. Yeah, it was pretty nifty. It's just so fascinating yeah. that that can happen. So I want to go and experience then that. Then they have the dark. Can you imagine? I would. I think I would love it. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I was totally in on, on that train where I was like, oh, I don't mind being in the dark. I don't mind it. It's whatever. I lived in Oregon where it's like overcast and or raining for a good portion of the year. And it wrecked me. Mm -hmm. My psyche was destroyed. And it's just like the weirdest, it's total out of body experience, but it's, it's tough. I want to try it. We're going to move to Alaska for a month. Do it, man. Bring some vitamin D supplements. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what you have to do. I already need it because of my, my pale, pale Irish skin. (laughs) My number five. Yep. Final pick. I'm going with full blown professional fireworks. Okay. I don't, again, I don't condone you firing things off into the sky from your cul-de-sac. I don't think it's a good idea. But yes. if your city has a, a regular firework display, um, if you're, you know, big city or even smaller cities have them, I think that's great and it's fun. And it really is kind of kind of marvelous to watch that with your family. Just like, look at this. Like, this is crazy that we can do this. Look at these explosions in the sky and they're, they can make shapes and... You know, yes. it's, it's good memory building, you know, that's good bonding. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't like, so people have just been popping off fireworks on like Tuesday nights in my neighborhood. I'm like, what, like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, no. 
when did it when did it become cool to just literally we were watching Eurovision Tuesday night and they're just popping off massive fireworks at 9:30 p.m. all the way until midnight. Like this everybody is working tomorrow. Correct. What are you doing? <laughs> this is insane. It's not the 4th of July yet. Yeah. On 4th of July, you can shoot off as many as you want. Just go crazy. Go nuts. Everybody's going to be doing it. Why do we have to do that now? Dude, I got to tell you, when, when my son was first born back in 2014, I would, uh, I was crazy. That's the year I became an old man. Uh, he, he had a really hard time sleeping all the time. And yeah. I, that happened before July 4th. And I was like perusing the neighborhood, like, like this, looking for a citizen's arrest. And I'd call 911 and be like, hey, listen, they're firing illegal fireworks on this address. Go there now. I probably made like six, six to 15 calls in one week. Yeah. And then as the years got, uh, oh, as they came, you know, went by, I was like, I, I got to stop this. I really got it. This is, yeah, that's a good way to get murdered. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You I pull mean, up on the wrong crowd they'll fire that firework just, right in my face yeah that's true yeah so i uh that's yeah so don't do that that's <laughs> uh <laughs> i mean you can do that but not advised use caution that's right um okay my last pick movie marathons yes dude there's always great movie marathons going on they're always like totally nonsensical too that's what i love about it It'll be like FX is like Star Wars Marathon. You're like, why? What What does the 4th of July have to do with Star Wars? They're like, does it matter? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, makes sense to me. Play. Gladiator on TNT over and over and over again <laughs> because it's like three to four hours long and they just need to fill space. Yes. And with commercials, dude, it's an eternity. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, when you get to the end of the day, 4th of July, and you're kind of like done, you've been baking in the sun all day, it's zapped all the energy from your body, and you're just flipping through the channel listing, and you're like, what? Ghostbusters? Yes, <laughs> sure, why not? Um, yeah, I love it. It's it's totally dumb, but it's great. Okay, that is our schoolyard pick. Hope you guys have a wonderful, fantastic 4th. I know it's kind of a bummer with the social distancing and all that stuff, but... Fourth of July does give you the opportunity to do stuff outside. Hopefully, wherever you are, um, the rain stays away and the weather is just nice enough for you to go outside without feeling absolutely torched. Um, before we close, I have tons of fun stuff to fill you guys in on that's going on with Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a ton of stuff going on. I know we've been going bi-weekly with episodes, but during that time, we've been pumping out all kinds of content. So, first of all, I am in the midst of the 52-week movie challenge. I'm on week four right now. <laughs> and here's how it's going so far. When I, when I released One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the blog dropped on Sunday. And I said, I'm going to drop it on Sunday every week. The next blog dropped on Monday. The blog after that dropped on Tuesday. What day is it right now? <laughs> Thursday. Week four's blog still hasn't dropped, so it's just shifting. So by the yeah. end, it will have been a 52-week movie challenge, but it will have been like 70 weeks. So that's where we're at. But right now we're on week four. It's Babe. I watched it today. This movie, I'll, I'll talk about it in my blog, but I this has deep sentimental meaning to me. I love this movie. I've loved it since I was a child, which is why I chose it, because this week's challenge was a movie starring an animal. And I could have picked Air Bud and tortured everyone, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. do that. I chose Babe instead to be nice and to be selfish at the same time. So it worked out. Um, next week is week five, which is to choose a movie, like an early movie from a big actor or actress. And I cannot decide. I mm. cannot decide. 
Maybe we let the we could we could let the listeners let the listeners decide. decide. We could put a poll out there. Maybe I'll do that. Because um, I'm just it's it's mostly just what actor do I choose? Mm-hmm. You know, because the first one that came to mind, interestingly enough, was Emma Stone. Okay, and I've seen a lot of her early stuff, so I don't know really what's out there for me to watch, but. She's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, Options are open. We'll, we'll, we'll divvy down the list and throw it to them. Yeah. And say, who do you want? And I would say, too, um, all the 52-week movie challenge blogs are out there. If you don't like the movie I chose, watch your own movie. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. And you can start now. You can catch up. We're only four weeks in. Or you can just say, screw the first three weeks. I'm just going to jump in right here at week four or week five, whatever. It's it's a fun time. I've really enjoyed it. I think you guys will, too. So join us for that ride. Um, you can find that on popcornthenumber4breakfast.com, which is the other thing I wanted to tell you about. Kirk and I have been putting a ton of work into our website to get make sure all of our episodes are there, all of our blogs, all of our videos, all that stuff. You can find everything that we've done at popcornthenumber4breakfast.com. So if you are ever in the middle of the week and you're like, man, there hasn't been a PFB episode in a long time or I really want to read about this thing or listen to this, it's all there. Just just go to our website, popcornthenumber4breakfast.com and check it out. Finally... And this is the one I'm most excited for. Uh, we've been working with a local company to get T-shirts made. Popcorn for breakfast T-shirts. That's Yay. right. And we are super stoked about it. And I was just informed today, Kirk, hot off the presses, yes, that the shirts will be ready starting Friday, July 3rd to oh. pick up. So we ordered 50 of them to start. If you want a shirt, they're $18 a piece. And you can order them through us basically by direct messaging us or emailing us. Just let us know um, how many you need, what sizes you need. I believe we have small through double X, but it's all while supply lasts. Um, and if we if we sell through them really quickly, we'll just order more. That's and, right. And that's totally fine. And we can ship. If you live in the area, we can drop it off or arrange a pickup, whatever we need to do. We're totally flexible. So we'll have more details tomorrow on um, social media. I've already scheduled that post, so that'll be going out tomorrow. So you can see what the shirts look like, and then you can order your shirts. So exciting. I cannot wait because I really just want to wear it to the movie theater and and flex all over everybody and be like, check it out. Best movie podcast ever right here. That's right. And it's got all of our um, social handles and stuff on it, so it's going to be a good time. It's got our faces on it. It's got our faces, kind of. So cool. Yeah, it's pretty legit. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know it's a tough time, and we appreciate you guys sticking with us through it. Um, I don't know when we're going to go back to weekly episodes, but I think that day is approaching. I think we're getting there. Um, Really just what's holding us back from doing that right now is the volume of movies. So if we figure out something else to fill episodes with, we will do that. In the meantime, we'll continue to put out videos and whatever you guys want. So feel free to contact us. You know how to reach us. And until then... We will give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, and to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Arstead, who produce our awesome music. We will talk to you guys in two weeks. See ya.